Oh, man. Favorite play? It's tough. Oh, definitely pick six versus the Raiders. <laughs> that was yeah. That was crazy. They were so bad. They were so bad. I think the whole state, whole stadium was. I never heard the Coliseum so quiet. You know, it was it was quiet. All the fans were flicking me off. You know, as you, you know, everybody was mad. Another episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrow, with my co-host Jordan Mackey, aka J Mac. And as you guys can tell, we have a huge, huge, a massive, massive guest on today's episode. He is a four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, member of the 2010 All-Decade team, a legendary Broncos cornerback, but most importantly, a Super Bowl 50 champion, the one and only. Chris Harris Jr., man. Thank you, Chris, for being on the show. It's a huge, huge uh, episode for us. And thank you so much for uh, being on the show, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Hey, Chris, real quick, before we get into everything, I just want to say, man, you were my favorite uh, corner growing up. Like, it's actually crazy. Uh, My brother, he was a Chan Bailey fan. I was, you were my favorite, like, corner ever and still is. I just want to say, man, thank you so much for making my childhood great, man. Oh, yeah, no problem, bro. You know, uh, you know, I had definitely I came in the league with some great veterans, you know, coming in with uh, Champ. I had Brian Dawkins. Uh, We had another corner named Andre Goodman. Um, You know, he had played uh, a decade in the league at corner. So I had great vets, man, definitely come in as a rookie and definitely learn from those guys and see how it's done, you know, to be able to help me uh, uh, have a good career. Speaking of you entering the league in 2011 out of the University of Kansas, you were undrafted. Um, and obviously doing a little bit of our research last night, uh, you did not receive an invite to the NFL Combine. What Can you kind of take us behind that process of what it was like going from someone that not a lot of people knew, knew your name or recognized your name to eventually one of the biggest names in the entire NFL? I mean, I think we could all yeah. agree you were the best damn cornerback in football for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think um, what happened was my I was always ranked in like the top ten corners uh, at corner, um, especially in the Big Twelve, definitely because uh, I started over forty games in college. But um, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, my last, I think, 10 games, I had I wasn't getting any action at corner. So I, it, it was like just killing my stats. I wasn't really getting any targets. And um, so they, my coaches just switched me to safety. And I think uh, when people see me switch to safety, they thought it was because of speed or maybe I wasn't just good at corner. And when I moved to safety, it, like, dropped me to, like, 25. Um, it dropped me in my rankings. So I pretty, I pretty much got lost in the, kind of the shuffle. And if I would have just stayed at corner, you know, I would have probably been at the combine, would have had a senior bowl, and by, uh, just based off of what I was doing at corner throughout the Big 12, you know, going against – uh, Des Bryant, uh, Jordy Nelson, Jeremy Macklin, all these guys I faced in college, you know, that I ended up facing in the NFL. So um, Eric Decker, you know, we, we I went against these guys in college. And uh, so uh, I think that's kind of what happened is me switching positions. And then we had a lockout that year um, where pretty much after the draft, um, there was no communication with the NFL or with the scouts or anything. Everything was in disarray. Um, so I didn't get a call from the NFL from teams. I got a call from, uh, the Dolphins, uh, the Cowboys and the Broncos. And, um, I had better offers from those other teams, but we thought that the Broncos, um, had a better situation for me with, um, I think they're getting rid of their management at that time. This is Elway's first year. Uh, it was going to, it was going to be some competition, but it was going to be, I, I would have had a chance to, you know, I had a great opportunity to make the team. So I thought it was um, – even though I signed – I think my signing bonus was like 2000 You know, I had probably the lowest signing bonus on the team. I did have the lowest signing bonus on the team. You know, um, and being able to come in uh, right right after that lockout, you know, they called us in like July, end of July. And in like two days, I was in Denver. You know what I mean? It was that fast, man, from when uh, training camp picked up, man. And um, – one thing that helped me was is that the rookies, they had a delay for when they got signed. You know how they got to do rookie contracts. and It was a new CBA at that time, right? So it wasn't like how it's slotted now. Like they didn't really know how to slot it yet, you know? So um, I got a chance to get a head start on the rookies because um, they had got there later. You know, Von and them didn't get there for a couple weeks later, Raheem and all those guys. So – I was able to get a kind of get a little head start on those guys and get some more looks. So I think that kind of helped me too. Yeah, Chris, you know, you talk, so going into like your transition to the league, you know, I want to ask you about this, you know, one of your biggest plays ever. I think it was maybe it was 
I want to say one of your first two years in the league, the Chargers. And I think you got some yeah. uh, on your wall right behind you there, the, the news article they printed out. Can you talk us through that play? Yeah. You know, that, that play really put your name on the map. You know, that's when everybody started, yeah. you know, knowing about you. Can you just talk us about that play and what that play meant for you? Oh, man, it was just, you know, I think that was probably the uh, time where they kind of, I think Broncos country finally had, like, full confidence in me. You know, I think they had seen me ball out as a rookie. But, uh, you know, the next year, uh, I don't I don't know if they had full confidence in me because they paid Drayton Florence and Tracy Porter, I think, that next year. So we brought in two other corners after I was all rookie team and I had like 70-some, almost 80-some tackles my rookie year. And I think I still graded out top 10, you know, as a rookie. So it was um, – so I was, you know, I was hungry. So I think Tracy Porter was out. And um, I think we had probably – uh, Champ played that game. So I think Champ was in, but Tracy was out. And um, they had cut Drayton in the – they had truck, uh, cut uh, Drayton during training camp, yeah. right? So we went with Tony Carter. And um, so that game was me, Tony, and uh, Champ going against the Chargers. I think it was Monday night. Uh, Tracy had um, – I think he got sick. He was going through some things. And uh, that was his – that was my opportunity. It was like, hey, y'all give me this another chance to be able to start. Hey, I'm about to take it and uh, take this opportunity and run with it, man. I was able to – I think I had two picks that game, uh, a couple pass breakups. Uh, pretty much was, you know, uh, had a pretty much be able to solidify my uh, chance to be able to start the rest of that season. So um, that was just my opportunity. And uh, that's you, you don't really get that many chances as an undrafted guy. And uh, so you got to take those opportunities as much as you can and run with it. Yeah, legendary performance. Remember that game like it was yesterday. Um, the 2011 season, the Broncos, it was your rookie year. The Broncos had not the, made the playoffs for five consecutive seasons. The Broncos end up hiring John Fox from the Panthers. We hired Dennis Allen over from the Saints, who actually is the interim head coach of the Saints right now because of uh, Sean Payton leaving and uh, coming to uh, the Broncos now. That year, the Broncos reached the divisional round in the playoffs. And for the next five seasons, it feels like the Broncos finally returned to prominence. And you were the big reasons why one of our our defense was one of the best in the league for such a good amount of time. And one of the one of the best teams in football, honestly. And so what do you think, what was that culture shift like? And what was it like to see guys, you know, kind of shift into that winning mindset, if not that they already had it and just like, going through that grind that worked for, you know, for those five years and obviously even past that, like we were still competing for the playoffs. Like, can you kind of take us behind that process? Oh, I think that's just the ex expectations playing in Denver, you know, um, the fans, you know, they, they want to win every year, you know, they don't want, we're not a tank town, you know, every year we expect to be competing for a playoffs or a championship. So that's kind of the expectations. And that's how it was when I got there. And uh, that's just what we – that was always the expectations the whole time throughout my career there. And uh, once we got Peyton, uh, we knew we had the talent and we knew that we could uh, – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, with the opposite weapons that we had, the young defensive players that we had ascending uh, coming into our prime, uh, we had a couple more pieces we knew that we could be dangerous. And I really believe our second, my second year, that was probably our best team, um, you know, from O-line to defense, a complete team. And um, just, you know, that loss to Baltimore, that's still, that's first. But, you know, um, that was probably our best team uh, out of all the, the nine years, even, even, even though the Super Bowl, you know, of course, we still deal with the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. I think if after we beat Baltimore, we're, we're smacking New England, and we're definitely uh, smacking the Niners. So uh, I don't see us losing, you know, to any any team if we got past <laughs> that Baltimore game. Yeah, I agree, man. That that loss still it, it it really hurts. That was one of the first games I ever saw as a Bronco fan too. It was really. That won't hurt. But you were there. You were there. You were there live, or you talking about on TV? No, no like on TV. It, I, I yeah. had just started getting into football, and uh, my brother was a Bronco yeah. fan, so he's putting me on. And I just remember Trenton Holiday running back those kicks. I remember it, it was a shootout. We lost. It was just man, it, it hurt my heart. But hey, look, all I can say, yeah. the Broncos, we kept winning, and we ended up getting one. So, but I, I do want to bring up yeah. like the next era a little bit. Um, like a key to leave. I know like you and the key were really close. Y'all played in Kansas with each other. Um, I know yeah. like how tight y'all are. And I, he's labeled a lot, like people label him a lot as a dirty player. I remember I made some videos about him just having your back, um, you know, the time with Harry Douglas and all the times with Michael Crabtree. And then a lot of people don't even know that the 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 scuffle with Michael Crabtree started because he, he took a cheap shot at you. The like the play yeah. chief shot at you, you know. Can you just kind of go into you know your relationship with Akeem and you know just yeah. how like how good of a p- person and a teammate that he actually was? Yeah. Oh uh, man, Keeve go back from college, you know, being able to. Uh, um, he was my big brother, you know, just coming straight in from college, you know, seventeen, uh, joining uh, Kansas, you know, he was already, I think he was already All American, you know. So I was a true freshman starting opposite All American in college, so. You know, us balling in uh, college and then, you know, just being tight then and then keeping that relationship from when he got in the league. And uh, then when I finally got to the league, uh, you know, uh, being out here in Dallas, we train out here together, you know. So uh, just being always, really always, 
you know, always having that brotherhood, keeping it, uh, keeping each other accountable, you know. And uh, Once he joined our team, it was huge, you know, being able to uh, – because we had lost DRC. DRC just had a great year. Um, so to be able to pick up uh, – to leave, that was huge. Being able to pick him up, um, being able to pick up Roby, because uh, we were really uh, – I think Tony – I don't know if Tony was still on the team. We, we had really probably down a couple corners yeah. at that time. Uh, so it was good to be able to pick up those guys, and that just kind of just uh, took us over the top, uh, solidified us as definitely being that top secondary. Um, you know, it took us a minute. We had to get that system down of what we really wanted. We could still play elite, but um, just being able to find a, the full package system for what we needed. And uh, once we had Wade Phillips, man, um, uh, it just, I mean, he just had the perfect system for us. Man, Akeem, you got you and Akeem definitely made some of my best memories as a Bronco. Him being an absolute dog. Those I remember always going to school talking about his uh, fights and uh, with and everything with uh, Michael Crabtree poking <laughs> dudes in the eye. Literally, it's just it, I miss that stuff. It's uh, it's awesome to see that that dog mentality at corner. But um, I want to also talk about on that topic uh, relationships, best locker room moments. Like, what are some of the best things that you remember looking back on your time from 2011 to 2019 with the Broncos? Obviously, towards the end, Broncos weren't winning as, as much games, but what are some of the best relationships you had with the team? Whether it's with yeah. you know Coach uh, Coach Kubiak or Akeem Talib, Von Miller, like whoever it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, man, from Wesley Woodyard, you know, Champ, you know, Champ was just a great. Uh, a great big brother, you know, coming into the league, just being able to have a guy that just, you know, um, him be doc, uh, telling the coaches to put me in, you know, having, when you got vets like those guys, Hall of Famers, telling the coaches just, hey, y'all need to just put him in, right? We want to play with this guy, like, throw him out there. And then we played Green Bay, they finally throw me out there, you know. So it was just, uh, it was just, uh, man, having those guys, those are big boosters, you know, for me in my career, confidence boosters. Uh, of course, relationship with Wesley Woodyard. Uh, that was my guy, you know, another undrafted guy. That was, uh, you know, a uh, great locker room guy. Always, these dudes always had jokes. You know, uh, Vaughn, of course. Uh, me and Vaughn go, go way back even before in college, too. Uh, just, you know, we always, you know, had to play against each other. And, and I was always see Vaughn at the Big 12 media days and things like that. So we always kind of knew of each other, you know, so. Uh, man, and, and he's out here in Texas with me in the offseason a lot of times, too. So, uh, Vaughn, Emmanuel, uh, uh, DT, you know, us just sitting in the locker room playing dominoes, you know, things like that, man, just cracking jokes, man. It was, it was nonstop, man. We had a lot of characters, you know. Danny Trevathan was – every uh, whole, the whole defense was pretty much crazy, you know, from top to bottom, you know. So, it was it was a lot of fun for sure. Um, yeah, going between that time, I want to bring up an interesting stat that, you know, nobody – it's crazy because at the time, nobody even really talked about it. You went two full years without allowing a touchdown. Like, that's yeah. still – I don't think corners are even doing that in today's game. Two full years without allowing a single touchdown. Uh, can you talk about, you know, some of your toughest matchups that you uh, that you had to go yeah. through um, during your time with the Broncos? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, of course, facing Calvin. We had to face him a couple times. Uh, AB, AB was definitely one of the best. Him and Big Ben, that was a tough tandem, you know, uh, with Martavius Bryant. Um, I remember my rookie year, they had Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, uh, Jericho Cotri, Heinz Ward, and Mike Wallace. 
Crazy. So they had all five of those guys, you know. Um, uh, they they were loaded, you know. It seemed like at that time the Steelers always had like a they they were they were always finding the receivers, you know. They were like the receiver you in the NFL, you know. They're not like that anymore, but at that time they were, you know, they had a lot of speed. Um, those guys were tough. Uh, Ken Allen was always tough, you know, facing him and Rivers. Always a great matchup, uh, matching up with those guys. Uh, Cooper, when he came in the league, he was a tough receiver. Um, just him being able to have, you know, so explosive off the line, you know, and he's still killing today. You know, he's still balling today. But imagine when younger Cooper, you know, and then, of course, number one, Tyreek Hill, you yeah. know. Um, we pretty much made, you know, we pretty much, you know, kind of grown Tyreek Hill to kind of how he is now, you know what I mean? Because at first he couldn't run routes, you know. He was learning the game, learning how to play receiver. Um, he was always, you know, if you get the ball in his hand, he could, he, he could make it happen, you know, still as a rookie. But he still had to sharpen up his tools, sharpen up his receiver routes, uh, things like that, you know, because we was putting a lot of hands on him his younger times, you know. But uh, he, as he got better, man, he just was unstoppable once he got Mahomes, you know, with that offense. So um, definitely. I was, But the top three, Tyree Hill, A.B., Calvin Johnson for sure. Okay, A.J. Awesome. Green, Julio. Man, all those guys, you know, I had to face all those guys. So it was always a lot of great matchups. No disrespect to the receivers to now in today's game, but you list off those names in the 2010s. Just ridiculous. That makes it even more impressive for any cornerback playing during that time. Um, and that that's why I like a lot more that like during that time there was less like pass interferences and holding everything. You guys just go at it, man. That's that's just really fun as like a fan to watch. But going over to your game specifically, I mean you're not even arguably, you are one of the best defensive playmakers in the history of the Dem Broncos uh, franchise. You have 22 career interceptions, 20 of those being in a Broncos uniform. But the aspect of your game that always like kind of resonated with me and is always super impressive um, was your instincts and your route recognition. Like we can talk all day about your interceptions and your, your returnability after your interceptions is ridiculous. But your it was almost like with your route recognition that you were running the routes for the receiver. Like you were lined up on the offense and you're running the route for the quarterback. Like it was, it was insane seeing what you would do. You would out, you're obviously insane jumping routes and everything, but me, for me, yeah. your route recognition was insane. What would you say is the most impressive skill trait that you had? Yeah. Um, what would you say inspired you to work so hard to perfect those things? I would think um, just, you know, being able to eliminate plays, you know, eliminate my guy off the field. Uh, I would look at targets and, you know, I would end of the year with like 60 targets. And you see other guys are like 120, 100 targets, you know. Of course, they're going to have better stats, more picks, because they're getting um, 30, 40 more balls than me, you know. So, um, And that was always, you know, pretty much throughout my career. I never was a high-targeted uh, player. Uh, but if you look at the list of corners. So that was always kind of my thing, being able to shut you down, being able to kind of take away the middle, uh, take away that whole inside, uh, being able to play outside also. Um, I think people uh, forget that I was – I played outside. You know, I follow ones, I played corner, you know. So, <laughs> I think some people are kind of just kind of pigeonhole me in the slot sometimes. But I was able to play every position, uh, even some safety a little bit. So, um, the, but that that was probably my um, – and I, in my era, it was the era where the nickel started to play man. Like, the era of Rondé and then Rondé, just talking to Rondé, he played more zone, more cover two, more 
having vision and breaking. That's why he has he he got to uh, roam and be free a little bit. You know, my mine was man to man. You lock on, you got the slot motion, anything. They were running across the field. You got him. You know what I mean? Take that man away. So it was kind of a different ball, you know, different game at a, in our era. Being able to play the run, you know, um, uh, I don't think anybody was better than me playing a run at the nickel, you know, being able to fill the gaps, uh, hit the holes with the linebackers, um, uh, being able to tackle. Um, I think my first eight years, I was number one in tackle, missed tackle ratio. I never missed tackles. Right, I always proved. I always tried to be the best tackler on the field. So uh, even the stats would back that up. So those are like hidden numbers that people don't really notice, you know, in people's games. But I was always very elite in the small things. I think that's what uh, kind of propelled me to be able to play for a long time. Yeah, real quick, Amir knows this. How much I love man coverage, and it stems from when you guys play Wade Phillips. He didn't messing around with it straight man-to-man coverage you got all the talent i get frustrated watching the broncos today a little bit like you got patrick sertan and justin simmons you got these guys roaming zone i'm like man you don't put these guys in man coverage and let them just take just take the receivers away but um that's gonna bring me to my next question right on time too um in your opinion um you know you had the no fly zone in 2015 i think i think that's still the most underrated defense just like all the way stacked stacked on the board but in the secondary in your opinion honestly which secondary do you think was better, the no-fly zone or Legion of Boom? Because in my opinion, I think we had the better corners. I'll give them the edge at safety, but T.J. Ward and Darian Stewart was something special. And I don't want to just knock them down too much, but I definitely think that we had the better corners for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The thing about the Legion of Boom was they, they were it was a completely, totally different system. You know, they had that cover three system. Uh, You knew that uh, Cam was going to be in the box. <laughs> You know, he's coming down uh, away from that linebacker, you know, opposite linebacker, KJ Wright. So you knew their system, right? And Sherm, when you're playing that cover three system, um, not knocking Sherm because he's probably the greatest cover three uh, system corner there is at playing that position, right? Uh, Sons Gardner's playing it now. But uh, you can see Sherm is probably the best to do it. Most of the routes are comebacks to, to phase. You know, slants, you have those big bodies inside linebackers, and they got great drops with the linebackers with KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner. You, I'm talking, you're talking about the best linebacker zone drop yeah. uh, linebackers, you know, other than the 49ers, Willis and, um, um, and uh, Bowman. Yeah. So, I mean, those guys are phenomenal inside. So, Sean doesn't, he can squeeze them back into the side, you know, squeeze the bigs, you know, but we play man, you know. Every, everywhere this cat goes, that's what you, that's where you had to take them. So um, we just had to cover a little bit more routes. Um, and, you know, that's that what I would say. We had a little bit more pressure on us, you know, at the corner and being able to travel, taking them everywhere, you know. So um, not no offense to what they did because they were definitely a great defense. Um, but And I think we just had a, uh, you know, a harder route playing in the AFC, man. It was a lot more dogs. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Uh, not, no bias either. Like genuinely, watch you growing up watching that. Um, the uh, the Legion of Boom no fly zone. Nothing comes close to no fly zone, man. Seriously. Um, but yeah, one of my last one of my last questions for you, man. If you had to pick one play, one interception, whatever it is on the defensive side of the ball for you, what would you say is your favorite play of all time? Oh man, favorite play. It's tough. Oh, definitely pick six versus the Raiders. <laughs> that was yeah. That was crazy. Uh, they were so mad. 
They were so mad. I think the whole state, whole stadium was. I never heard the Coliseum so quiet. You know, it was it was quiet. All the fans were flicking me off. You know, F you. You know, everybody was mad, and it was just man. It was just it just shut the whole stadium down. You know, Derek Carr was done. You know, it was one of those plays that just kind of shut shut the game down. You know, so definitely uh, that play for sure. I can't. Yeah. I can't remember. Did you do a celly after? The, I can't remember. Did you do a celly after that? No, nah, I didn't even celebrate, man. I didn't even go crazy. I was so tired, man. We were all. I think we we're on like a eight play drive right there. You know, cars trying to drive in. It was a tight game. So right. you know, I think I don't even think I went back in on the next drive until like like play five. <laughs> you know, I was tired still. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking about just like good moments and stuff like that, you know, you had the privilege of being in Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl weekend twice. I know the first time you had got hurt, but the second time you yeah. was able to play. Can you give us some good moments, you know, during Super Bowl weekend that you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first time, man, uh, I had got hurt in the playoffs, so I had just missed it, man. And uh, that one hurt because, you know, I was um, at that time, people don't realize I was following the number one receiver at that time even in my second year nope. and champ was playing a nickel people forget that um so at that time you know i was kind of coming into my um uh, coming into that you know i had real high confidence at that time you know and the type of player i was gonna be and man that just getting hurt and then losing that super bowl not being able to showcase what i could do right there and then losing Vaughn, you know that hurt you know so um that that was that gave us a lot of motivation to come back and come back better, and uh, that definitely helped us propel us to get to Super Bowl, um, winning Super Bowl 50. But uh, I think Super Bowl 50, man, we just kind of knew it. We kind of had it. It was in the air, man. You know, we had a great game plan. Uh, we, we we knew that the game plan was, of course, play man, and we're going to, uh, I would say, kind of delay blitz cam, you know. We kind of delayed them, you know. We would, because they have a lot of block them up formations. And we would kind of let B. Marsh and Danny Trey kind of delay and then hit it, hit it fast, you know, and um, have tight coverage out there, making them throw in tight, tight uh, uh, lanes, you know, tight space. And uh, we felt like we could cover their receivers all day. So, um, uh, so we we had a great game plan, and um, and it showed definitely. We brought the heat. That's why you see so much pressure, you know. Vaughn coming, D. Ware has sacks. You know, everybody has sacks, you know, um, in that game. So um, it's because we were bringing so much heat. Yeah, it's very special to watch. Definitely one of the best games I've ever watched. J-Mac is not kidding. He always talks about on the show, literally always bringing you up with man coverage. I swear, like this whole season with uh, Vance Joseph uh, running a little bit more predominantly uh, zone coverage, always talking about you uh, running uh, man coverage. Some man. We're playing some man. We're playing a little man. Yeah, yeah we are. It, it, it's a little bit. I'm Man, I'm just so used to like the way Phillips, like, man, we ran man so much, and it just like it seemed like nobody could really do anything with it. Like, the year we won the Super Bowl, like, we we ran man every single game, and it seemed it seemed like but we gotta have some corners, like, man. Think about yeah, it. We just got J Mac just started playing, mm -hmm. so we still haven't seen him. We know he's a playmaker, but we haven't seen him play like man the full game, you know, yeah. like so we still kind of we still kind of seeing what he can really do. Uh, we know he's a great blitzer and a very aggressive tackler, uh, you know, playmaker. Uh, we know Pat can play man, but Monroe, he can play man a little bit. So you don't want to 
You know, it's different when you have three corners, you know, uh, me, Romy, and Talib, you can play man all game like that. So it's kind of different when you when you don't have three elite ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's just, man, I just it, – a part of me just misses it, man. I'm not going to lie. I just miss <laughs> they're it. They're playing some man, though. They're, they're getting better. They're playing some man uh, a little bit more um, I, from just watching the tape. Um, they got some – uh, they should sweep out. I think if they win the rest of the games, I think they they should have a great chance to make the playoffs. They got to win out, though. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they absolutely. Do. do or die mode, sudden death. Chris, thank you so much uh, for being on the show, oh, man. Yeah. Seriously, I appreciate it. Once again, man, you were by far one of my favorite players ever. Um, I remember in school, like in 2018, 2019, when you were uh, negotiating on a one-year deal with the Broncos, I would literally be in class, like refreshing my uh, Google Chrome to see if you were <laughs> if you were brought back or not. That's how like invested I was. Um, I have like a little Broncos account on Instagram, so I would always be like. Man, please bring Chris back. Like I was always just lo- re- refreshing my phone and everything. So seriously, that's how much like a uh, big of a fan of I am of your game and everything. And I hope uh, the absolute best for the rest of your career. And thank you so much for oh, yeah. everything, seriously, that you did uh, for this franchise. Oh yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good rest of the week. No, you too, Appreciate man. Thank you, man. You, man. So with that being said, I'm your host Amir Farrell with my co-host J-Mac and today's amazing guest, Chris Harris Jr. To the next one, peace out, everybody. Peace out.